Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. First Peter chapter 5, verse 7 takes a small portion of a statement, uh, but one that I believe is profound and speaks to where we're, we're going in this particular season of the ministry. I want you to notice in First Peter chapter 5, verse 7, these words here. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Let me read it to you again. Casting all your care, not part of it, but all of it, upon him, him being Jesus. Why? For he cares for you. He cares for you. Based on what I've just told you and what I've read to you, I'm going to talk to you from this topic. No longer holding on to cares. Notice what I said here. No longer holding on to cares. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for the service thus far. You have ministered. You are still ministering tremendously to your people this morning. Father, we pray that the word of God will minister, continue to minister, have free course in this sanctuary, touch the lives of your people, have your way this morning in the name of Jesus. God, we do continue to bind the enemy, cast them out. Thank you for this special day as we honor grandparents and thank God for everyone that's here in the name of Jesus. We love you. We praise you and give you all the honor and glory in Jesus name we pray that those that agree say amen as we celebrate grandparents we can gain insight from their wisdom their experience and perspective on life we can get understanding as well as appreciation for the different things they have dealt with in life experiences Because life has a way of teaching us lessons. Many of us have faced situations that tempted us to worry. And I I be guilty of the same thing. I've been tempted to worry. In fact, I ain't going to say I've been tempted to worry. I have worried. i just be honest with you. I had to repent of worrying because I realized that when you're worrying, you're not operating in faith. Worry means to to be anxious, to be stressed, to be concerned. Let me say this, overly concerned and to lose sleep. (laughs) Lord, geez, I've been I've been all those at one time. Thank you all for the two men. I thought two people said agree. I have to pass out. I get I get it. In fact, some of us are dealing uh, dealing with current people and problems that are causing us to be stressed, trouble and overly concerned. In other words, that we're dealing, we're, we're trying to handle, we're trying to work on some things that are causing us to be stressed, troubled, and overly concerned. And I'll be honest with you, sometimes there are people that we're trying to handle uh, that really we shouldn't be trying to handle like that. We're trying to get them to do stuff that they really don't want to do. In our mind, we're trying to get them to act a certain way that they really don't care about acting. I, I know that's an amen right there. Now, in Matthew 6 and 25, the Bible tells us something very, very good. Go to Matthew 6 and 25. I want to show it to you. I want to just tell you what it says. I want you to see it in the scripture. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. By the way, I'm reading to you out the New King James Version Bible. Notice what it says. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry. I can stop right there, couldn't I? Do not worry. But notice he goes on to talk about, about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink. Know about your body, what you will put on. It's not the life more than food and the body more than clothing. But the part I want to get to you is he told, he tells us, do not worry. Do not worry. Why? Verse 26. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not more value of more value than they? So God tells us the reason he doesn't want us to worry is because we are more valuable that we are valuable to him. I should say we're important to him. We're precious to him. We're better than the birds as he talks about here in this particular text. And so now 
we pick up today in Peter's case. Peter had a very similar thing that he said to the people. Go to First Peter chapter 5, verse 7, or you look at the top of your sheet there. But First Peter chapter 5 reads as follows. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Now, Peter, who, who was an apostle of Jesus Christ, his name means a rock or a stone. He gives us instructions how to identify worry and get rid of it. Because he tells us when you recognize it, when you discern it, when you pinpoint it, you need to get rid of it. You need to be in the place where you say, you know what, I'm not going to do this anymore. And at times we may tolerate certain things because we don't recognize the potential harm that they may bring us. You know, one thing about the Bible says when it says, Casting your care. One of the things it tells us and that emphasize, or excuse me, it doesn't tell us is what's the consequence when you do worry. But if you put people like myself who have worried in the past, you know the consequence of worry. And you realize why God told us not to worry and why to cast our concern upon the Lord. You find out either the easy way or the hard way, but God knows what he's talking about. And God ain't got to tell you everything that's going on. He just got to tell you, you obey him and it'll be all right for you. Like, you know what? God tell you, listen, receive me as Lord and Savior. You don't have to do go through certain things in your life. Cast your cares upon me. Do this, that, and the other. He ain't got to tell you why everything is going on the way it is. There's some things we really don't need to know. I'm to be honest with you. I don't need to know the consequences of worry. I don't need to know the consequences of worrying all the time. Listen, I just say, I believe you, God. You tell me not to worry, that's good enough for me. And we got to be like that. Whatever God says, whatever he tells us to do, that must be good enough for us. He ain't got to explain everything to me. I remember growing up, uh, uh, excuse me, listening to a song. In fact, it was one of my favorite songs. I ain't going to lie to you. It said, you'll understand it better by and by. And, and let me tell you something, and that's a true statement too. There's some things that you go through in life, you will understand them better by and by. Oh, yeah, there's some things you can go through in life, and sometimes your parents will tell you things. Uh, great job Lady Dobbs did during Sunday school. Some things you're going to go through in life. Some things that parents are going to say, hey, you don't need to do this because da-da-da-da. And you're like, well, I don't want to do that because da-da-da-da. No, no, no. You don't need to do this because da-da. Okay, well, go ahead then. You'll see the consequence of it. And yeah, and sooner or later, we found the consequence out. It was not as easy as what we thought it was. Some people want to move out on their own. They say, oh, I can't wait to get on my own. I'm going to do da-da-da-da-da. Soon they get on their own. Ooh, I didn't realize all this was going on. All the bills come in my name. I got to buy all the groceries. Oh, listen, the trash don't, ma- don't magically disappear off the floor if I drop it on the floor. Some of y'all didn't get that. I, I, I keep on keep on living. It's, people don't clean up behind you when you're on your own. If you drop it in the floor at your own house, it will stay there until Jesus come back or you move it one. Are y'all following me? You learn certain things are better than what you think it is. And so now it goes on to say in 1 Peter 5 and 7, he says, casting all your care. He begins, in this particular verse, Peter begins by saying, casting all your care upon him. He says, take every anxiety, every concern, what one looks after, the things that you're looking after, and he says, give them to me. Give them to Jesus. I'm sure we can agree that we're going to have certain anxieties that will try to attach themselves to us. They will try to attach themselves. What kind of anxiety? And this is what you got to understand. The things I'm going to mention that could attach themselves to you to be cause anxiety, they really are not, uh, they don't necessarily have to be things that cause you anxiety. But the way that they approach you and the way that they deal with your life, they can bring about a certain amount of anxiety in your life. For example, at times, family members. They, family members can be wonderful, but family members can also bring anxiety in your life. Thank you all for the two amens right there. Keep praying for the rest of us, all right? Church members, they're not they don't necessarily bring anxiety or concern, but they can cause you anxiety and concern. Listen, job responsibility, you know if you ain't careful, your job can cause you anxiety, cause you stress. Not that it don't have to, but it can. 
I'm just very real with you. You can work on a job and just be just as happy as you can be. Going that, or some people, you can work beside somebody who is stressing out over a job. There's some people, the only life they have is their job. They ain't got no life. They don't even think about it. Listen, even when they go home, they, they say, you know what? I, I'm a, I can't wait to get back to work. I can't wait to go back to that job. Because why? They just sit at home and just think about the job. You need another life. I put it to you like that. You need another life. Sometimes you can let job responsibility. You can also let fellow co-workers stress you out. Thank you. I got, I got a half a day, man, right there. Fellow co-workers can bother you if you're not careful. Business decisions can be stressful sometimes. Sometimes even health challenges. Health challenges. Your own personal health challenges. Somebody that's a loved one, their health challenges can be a concern to you. They can be sources of stress, anxiety in one's life and may cause us to lose sleep and any other thing that may go along with it. They're sources. They're sources. Now, this is what you need to understand about these things. These things are not necessarily bad, but if you approach them the wrong way, you can, they can cause stress or anxiety in your life. Let me tell you something. Family members are good things. Church members are good things. Having a job and a business is a good thing. Having, listen, having good health is a good thing. It's a good thing. Listen, be broke. That's a, that's not a good thing. You follow me? But having what God wants you to have is a good thing. They're a good thing. But you can take them the wrong way. We can, and one thing I thought about this. They can become wrong when we hold on to them for so long, too long. Let me say this, too long. Too long. That means I, I'm thinking about it too long. I'm thinking about it too long. What's too long, Pastor Dobbs? I'm thinking about this more than I'm thinking about Jesus. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about that job more than I'm thinking about Jesus. Listen, this company is causing me to make more decisions than uh, excuse, excuse me, it's to turn my whole life and not God to turn my whole life. Listen, my health challenges are dictating whether or not I can praise God or not. Listen, I, the thing could be where my own job responsibility is causing me, causing me to it's determining my spiritual life more than I, I'm letting God determine my spiritual life. That could be a problem. Because he said, I will have no other God before me. How you know it's before you? you? All you do is thinking about that thing that's before. You meditate on that. You concentrate on that. Listen, when Jesus tried to get your attention, you're like, Jesus, I ain't got time for you. I'm still, I'm busy trying to figure out this job. I'm busy trying to figure out my body. I'm busy trying to figure out these church members. I'm busy trying to figure out these family members. I don't have time for you, God, because I'm so busy. I spent it all this time with everybody else, but when it, when the last time you spent time with Jesus? And you know what? And Jesus don't cry a lot of time. He don't cry 24 hours, 7 days a week. But he says, in all thy ways, acknowledge me, and I will direct your path. And sometimes we think more about these other things than we do about the master. The one who died for us. The one who is keeping us even as I talk to you right now. The one who's keeping us, the one who's making a way out of nowhere. The, the, the Jehovah Raha, Jehovah Nissi, Jehovah Sick Canoe. We're thinking more about everything else other than Jesus. And that's a problem. That's a problem. That's a problem. That's a problem. And that is one of the reasons I believe he tells us that. That's why Peter noted that if we're going to get rid of worry, it's going to require a continuous action. In fact, you notice how he starts that text off. He said casting. In other words, even today, on September the 9th, we're casting. We're casting. Tomorrow, you'll be casting something else. The next day, you'll be casting something else. See, he stated we must be in the habit of casting all of our concerns upon him. So I I thought about this from from this standpoint. Anytime a, a concern comes and it stays for a while, and I, and I, and now, now, let me say this to you. One thing I thought about this, in order for it to be a, con, a concern, it's got to stay with you for a while. All right, now I'm, I, I understand God wants to attack, 
attack that thing by faith. He wants us to pray over certain things. He wants us to pray and, and, and do what's right over certain things. He wants to say, you know what? Put the word on it. Somebody said, put the word on it. That's it. You got to learn how to put the word on certain things. Sometimes you got to call those things as be not as though they were. Sometimes you got to look at your body and say, by your stripes, I am healed. Sickness and disease has no place in my body. I walk in divine health all the days of my life. Oh, I got to do what God tells me to do concerning the word. The word's going to be my light, a light and a lamp unto my feet, a light into my pathway. I'm going to let the word guide me. I'm going to let the word guide me. Because there's some things you just can't control people. I promise you that. People are wonderful, but you can't control them. And let me say this to you. And sometimes they don't want to hear your advice. I don't care how godly it is. I don't care. You can give them scripture, line upon line, precept upon precept. When they leave these doors, they still going to do what they want to do. So why am I staying up there all night praying for you when you don't even want to pray for yourself? I pray for people. I pray for the congregation. I pray. I promise you I pray for you. I pray for y'all that yesterday. I pray for you even got here. I pray for you. But you know what? When it was time for me to go to bed last night. <sighs> Why? Because I realized I can only do so much. I am not your God. I did not die for none of y'all. And that's for you got to look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. You got to work out your own soul salvation with fear and trembling. Now, it does not give me an excuse not to do my part. Those of us that I'm praying, I, I'm in the house of God. But you know what? We still got to do our part. We still got to do our part. And one time, you can stress out over folks that don't want to do right. You can only do so much for folks. Listen, sometimes when I'm praying over the list of, uh, uh, of people that, that God puts upon my heart. I pray for certain. I may pray this long for one person. Maybe this long for another person. This long. Listen, you got to be led by the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit will tell you who to pray for, how long to pray for them, and so forth and so on. Well, Pastor, then later on something come to my mind. You know what? They ain't doing right. You need to pray longer for them. So I may pray a little bit longer. Then after a while, some will come to me and say, you know what? That's long enough. You mean God will cut you off? Yes, he will. You know why? Because somebody else got need praying for Oh, yeah, I hear what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? If I pray for you and you and you and you and you, somebody else need praying for in the sanctuary. Are y'all saying that? And this is what we got to get to the place of. Is that we do our part and let God handle the results. You got to trust God with the results. When you do what you all, all that all the stand, stand and trust God with the results. Trust, you got to trust God. Somebody say, you got to trust God. Tell somebody else, you got to trust God. When you got to, listen, meditate more on the problem than Jesus. That's a problem. When you meditate more on the problem than Jesus. That's what keeps us. Let me tell you something. Problems don't keep you. Problems do not keep nobody. Only thing they do is keep you with a hard way to go. You need to keep the, the life giver. You need to keep, keep uh, meditate on the one that said in John 10, 10, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. That's the one we need to meditate upon. Because if you want life and have it more abundant, you got to meditate upon him. He's the author and the finisher of my faith. Now, one thing, you can't take a message like this and use it as an excuse not to do what you need to do now. Pastor, I told me not to, not to do anything. Behold, have you done all you're supposed to do before you start saying what I'm saying? Are you following it? If you studied your scripture, are you a person that does right by God? When you do right by God, then you can do what he's told you, casting all your care upon him. For he cares for you. So in other words, we must detach ourselves from those thoughts, conversations, and actions that will give word the authority remain in our lives. We hold on to, we got to learn how to detach, disconnect, disengage, and separate and free ourselves from 
things such as family members, co-workers, church members, job responsibilities. Uh, oh, I like this. We got to do that before and operate in faith before things get too emotional, too fleshly, too, start worrying, start nitpicking, start being critical, and so forth. You notice when you start getting nitpicky, critical, worrying, fleshly, nitpicky. Did I say nitpicky? Let me say nitpicky again. Nitpicky. Critical of every little thing somebody do. Oh, you might, you might be the flesh might be rising up in you. Because God have grace upon you. Why can't you have grace upon somebody else? Oh, you're not praying exactly like you need to be praying. You miss one word in your prayer time. You forgot to say our father, which are in heaven. See, you said father in the name of Jesus. You didn't say our father. Oh, you're being nitpicking. You're being nitpicking. You got to learn how to do it. But you, oh, our scripture tells you, but understand, have grace on people. Because God have grace on each one of us. Each one of us God have grace upon. We're not nitpicky. We're not. Listen, you don't want to get to the point where you're critical of everything somebody does. You're critical of everything. Every time somebody says something, you're critical about it. They sing a song, you're critical about it. They, they make a choice, you're critical about it. Listen, sometimes people going to make choices and, you, and you know, it's just God give us grace. I'll just be real with you. Let me tell you something. I know grandparents know without a shadow of a doubt, not every choice you're going to make is going to be wonderful. But you know what? God give you grace in your choices. He give you grace in your choices. Boy, every grandparent, every born-again believer ought to know that. He said, in all thy ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. But sometimes you got to realize that directing your path, sometimes it's getting you off the wrong path and putting you on the right path. Oh, God know how to do that too, don't he? Because you'll mess up. He'll take you off the wrong path and put you back on the right path. And not just one time. It's just the way he does things. It's the way he does things. God, listen, that's why he says, in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. When you get off on the wrong path, God will put you back on the right path. And then I mess up on Tuesday. He'll get me off, get me off the wrong path and put me on the right path. Oh, but I better pray on Wednesday. Cause on Wednesday, he get me off the wrong path and put me on the right path. Oh, Thursday, I messed up. He put me on the wrong path and put me on the right path. Pastor, why are you messing up? Why are you being so critical? Are y'all seeing the point there? The thing is, you got to acknowledge him. You got to acknowledge him and understand that people going to make mistakes. People going to come up a little short. They going to mess up a little bit. But God loves people. He died for people. He loves people. Oh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He knew what he got when he got you. Oh, look how I look at him. Oh, he know what he got when he got you. Oh, Peter, he knew Peter was a cussler when he got him. He knew that he would, excuse me, that that brother with Thomas would doubt him when he got him. But he still got him anyway. Oh, that's good news for me. Because when God got me, he knew what he got. When God got you, he knew what he got. When God got you, he knew you going to mess up, do this, that, and the other. But he knew what he got. And he loved you anyway, despite your mistakes, despite your shortcomings, despite what you did and what you did not do. He loved you anyway. He loved you anyway. Tell somebody he loved me anyway. Good God on my, woo, I get happy to know the fact he loved me anyway. Woo, he knew I was going to mess up last week, but he loved me anyway. He knew I was going to mess up the day before yesterday, but he loved me anyway. He knew I was going to do it, but he loved me anyway. We must know. We must know. Have a strong relationship with the one, with Jesus. That we're asking to release our cares to. We gotta have a long, strong relationship with him. We gotta know he loves us. That's why I say, I like what he says here. Casting all your cares upon him. 
Why do we give them to Jesus? Because he can have a whole lot better than we can. I, I, I ain't no doubt about that. I thought you can get advice from the wisest scholars in the world, but can't nobody give you advice like Jesus. Woo-wee. You can be, you can get, they can give you, they can have 52 degrees on their wall, but God can give, make one sentence and turn your life all the way around. Cause he a God like that. He is God like that. That's why we cast all our cares on Jesus. You know, he our deliverer. You know, he is our protector. You know, he's our peace. He's our joy. He's our way maker. He's our love. He's our miracle worker. He is grace. And he's definitely our prosperity. And I can tell you, he's Jehovah Nissi, Jehovah our banner, our healer, our deliverer, our strong high tower, our refuge. He is Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. How do you know that, Pastor? Because I, I begin to know him. That's why I don't mind casting my cares on him. Because I know him. I know he'll take care of him a lot better than I can. Listen, let me tell you something. When people come to me, I always say, let's pray first. Because I need to hear God advice, not what I think about it. Let me tell you something. Can I be real with y'all just for a moment? Don't, don't tell nobody I told you this, okay? Next time they sit down with me, they might think something about me. So don't tell nobody I tell you. I'm going to tell you a little secret. Sometimes when people tell me stuff, I have an opinion about it. Let me tell you, a personal opinion. <laughs> it ain't really godly, but it's personal. And so I got to put that stuff on the on, on the trash can. Thank you, Mom. She's, she's not sure got to put it down. <laughs> you right, <now. laughs> And I, I got I to gotta find out what God is saying in this meeting right here. Because if I, if I give you what God is saying, I know he'll work for you. It ain't what I think about it. It's what he knows about it. See, see, people understand this. God will love you knowing all the information. Well, folks will condemn you only knowing this much. This much. This much. They'll be judge, jury, and executioner knowing this much information. And God knows everything and still loves you. That's what I'm talking about right there. That's the God we serve. That's the God we serve. That's the God we serve. Thank you for being our God. That's why Peter gave these instructions. To cast all your cares. All of them. But notice something interesting about this text. About the your. Your means it belongs to you. It's associated with it. So all of a sudden. He's taking what belong what see it may not have been mine at first, but now all of a sudden it's mine now. And see, it may have started out innocent, but now it's turned into a care. It's turned into a care. In, in fact, he says, cast all your cares. What belongs to you. He makes it personal, which suggests that many of us have concerns that we need to release to the Savior. We got to release it to him. Now, this is what you need to understand. I, I'm going to say this point for later. I'm going to give it to you now. If God tells us to release it to us, it is possible by the Holy Spirit to release it. It's possible. When he says, do not worry. I don't care if you, your whole life has been about worry. It is possible by the Holy Spirit to stop worrying. It's possible. God would not tell you to do something that's not possible if he didn't give you the ability to do it. God would not tell you to give if it wasn't possible to give. God would not tell you to pray if it wasn't possible to pray. And God would not tell you to stop worrying if it was not possible to stop worrying. But you can't do this on your own. I'm, I'm be, now, this is my personal opinion. You can't stop worrying on your own. I believe everybody in this sanctuary needs the help of the Holy Spirit to stop worrying. I don't think you can stop worrying on your own. I don't, that person been. Now, if you don't worry in the beginning, you ain't got no problem with this, with something like this. If you ain't got no cares, you ain't got no problem with this. But I found out sooner or later, something gonna come across your path where they're gonna cause you to care a little bit. Mm-hmm. It might hit you all of a sudden. You can be, you can just, I mean, it'll come out of nowhere. It just hits you. Somebody, you say, I don't care nothing about you. 
you find yourself caring about what, what happened to them. What do they do? What they, you know, you ask about 15 questions about them. All out the blue. Because what? They con- you're concerned about them. You're concerned about them. Now, since we might be used to holding some people in matters dear to our hearts, and I'm telling you, and folks, folks not, some people can get to your heart. I, I got to get to them. They can get to your heart. I got to get They know how to get to you. They know how to pull them strings, boy. You know how to pull them. They know how to pull them real good. And when they find how to do it, they do it. They do it wonderful. They do it. They got a, they got a gift. I don't know if it's a gift or what they did, but a manipulative one. I don't know. Anyway, it goes. Peter made it clear that we must train our mind, will, and emotions to release all of our cares. Individually, everything, all types, and every type. All of our cares, we got to give it to him. Give it to him. Now, this does not mean that we don't pray. It does not mean we do not ask, but we do it in faith and not in word. If I ask you, if I ask you about this situation, I don't need to be worried about it. See, worrying is almost like telling God you can't do anything about it. Mm, that's good, God. Worrying and saying, you know what? If I give it to you, God, that means I, I can't do what I want to do about it. Yes, exactly. I need God to do what he's going to do about it. And I got to trust God that he knows what's best for this situation. I got to trust God he knows what's best. Now, whatever the circumstance or situation is, there is nothing God can't handle. Let me read that to you again. Whatever the circumstance or situation is, there is nothing our God cannot handle. That's why we don't mind giving it to him. That's why the Lord posed a question to Sarah in Genesis 18.14. Let's go to Genesis 18.14. We're coming back. We're going to be there for a moment. Genesis 18 and 14. Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. But that first part of the text, and this goes for all of us in the sanctuary, is anything too hard for the Lord? Anything too hard for the Lord? The doctor says, I ain't got but six months, and there's nothing they can do. Is anything too hard for the Lord? They, they told me that I only got so much money and I can't get it because they said I need to come back in six years in order to reestablish some things and do this, that, and the other. It's anything too hard for the Lord. They told me I would never work at this job right here. Baby, God got another company, another job with your name on it. No, it's anything too hard for our master. Nothing's too hard for our king. They said, you would never get past this, that, and the other. Oh, it's anything too hard for our God. Listen, you ain't got to agree with everything everybody tells you. Mm -hmm. Agree with God and not what they said. Oh, I hear what you're saying. Do you really hear me? Yes, I heard what you're saying. Do you agree with me? I'm trying not to hurt your feelings in him. But I'm about to tell you, I'm not going to agree with you. Folks, you tell me all the time, you know, dog, you can't do this because you ain't got this, that, and the other. Tell me, I, I mean, it's been my entire life. So this, this ain't the first time. I remember when we were getting this building right here, I had several people tell me, no, you ain't got enough money, you ain't got this, and you ain't got that. And they ain't, that, See, we weren't agreeing with what God said. Y'all see the difference right there? They weren't agreeing with what God said. Now, you say, well, Pastor, they must have been right. Well, you sitting in the building. So, well, who do you think was right there? <laughs> I wish I could get real deep with you. Talking about, he doesn't have a No, no, no. If you just do this, everybody do this one time. Yeah, it, that was built with bank money. <laughs> You follow me? I, I don't know. Well, hallelujah. Anyway. Is anything too hard for God? Now, if I would have went by what they told me, they would have got it. They would have got it. I remember the first building we got. Building we still own today. They told us we needed $15,000 down. 
See, it was you were there. My sister was there, Minister Roberts. And listen, fifteen thousand dollars back then. Just a few was having church in the house. My living room. <laughs> no, it's not the sanctuary. My living room. We would meet at nine o'clock on Sunday. We'd get it already. I think Cherry, yeah, Cherry was there too. My daughter Cherry. And uh who else? Oh yeah, Kelly. Yeah, because Kelly we had first service on her birthday. Uh that's our I, I, I remember church anniversary, Kelly birthday. <laughs> Same day. And, and so we needed fifteen thousand dollars. Fifteen thousand dollars. Now, now, now I, it, don't, it don't bother that much. Fifteen thousand. Fifteen thousand. Woo! <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did that bother somebody? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm being real. I'm just talking. I'm just talking. I'm just talking. I'm just talking. Fifteen thousand. Fifteen thousand. And so we went and uh saw the building and uh man would come down hauling nothing off of it. I mean can't nothing get nothing off of it. I think how in the world we gonna get this building? Because I I I'll be honest with you, I'm still I still gotta be because you know people looking at your pastor talking about pastor you do this and you do you know. And I'm saying, Yes, we're gonna get it in Jesus' name. But in pride I'm like, God, what you gonna do about this situation right here? <laughs> It wasn't a real prayer like, Father, I've stretched my hand to thee. Now, God, what are we going to do up in here? And people were believing God and people were giving and so forth. And, and uh, long story short, we own the building right now. We own the building right now. You see what God can do? Our first house that we got, I'm just trying, I'm built, this was somebody in the sanctuary. I don't know who it is, but somebody in the sanctuary. Our first house uh, that we got, they told us we needed 20% down. It don't take some crazy stuff like that. 20% down, 15% down, or whatever like that, you know, before you can get your first house. Because, you know, we were first-time homebuyers, had no credit. Only credit I had was little credit cards. You know, I told you my story about my credit cards. I was borrowing $500, and that was it, you know. So we, had, we was going to get this house, and. And so forth, and and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna break the short story down. Long story short, uh, the guy told me to go meet the bank president. I went met met the bank president, and uh, I went met the bank president. The bank president introduced me to a house that they had repossessed, or not foreclosed on. Excuse me, foreclosed on. And uh, uh, we went, and I think how long you remember how long we put down the house, man? You don't remember. I think it was maybe, you know, 20%. The house was uh, X number of dollars and 20% down. Uh, I didn't have that in my left pocket at that time when they told me to put the money down. Well, I don't remember we put hardly anything. We, we paid the insurance, the taxes, and her first check, the house payment, went to the first check. First check. You see what God did there? And we got that house. I mean, uh, and people tell me God can't do certain things. Now, it's hard. That's the same house we had our first service in. You follow what I'm saying? God had a plan all the time. I I can see it. I can see it. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. Uh, Let me go and say this right here. I'm going to go back to finish up. Because there are five points I'm going to get to you in, in about ten minutes. Um, is anything too hard for God? Now, I could attack those things in worry or could attack it in fear. Worry, I probably never would have had none of that. But faith will get you what God wants you to have. Amen? All right. Now, let's go finish it up. Let's finish it up. I want you to look at the latter part of First Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Why does he want us to cast our cares? He tells us very succinctly, for he cares for you. So let me give you five benefits of casting our cares on Jesus. Number one, he cares for us. He wants to protect us. He wants us to avoid damage or risk. He wants us to be looked after. He wanted us to be provided for. And God will do all of that if you'll learn how to cast your cares upon him. He'll do that for you. He'll do that for you. 
I, mean, I, mean, I believe I'm not the only one in the sanctuary. I mean, no, God loves you enough to take care of you. Let me see a show of hands in the sanctuary. I mean, testify to the fact that God's been taking care of you all this time right now. All this time he's been taking care of you. Every day he's been taking care of you. How many can admit he's been taking care of you better than you took care of yourself? Oh. I got to raise both hands on that one. Well, I'm telling you, he's been taking care of us. And I don't know the grandparents know, boy. He's been taking care of us. Isn't it amazing that grandparents, he'll take care of your grandchildren better than what you think they do sometimes, though. Boy, he take care of them grandchildren, though. He'll take care of them grandchildren. I mean, and some grandparents, you, you ain't got to admit it. I ain't going to tell nobody. But I know some of the grandparents be worried about the grandchildren. Because sometimes your, the, the child that you raise don't be acting right sometimes. You're like, God, you got to take care of them grandchildren. Because I know I raised that one up better than that. But how, look how they acting up in him. Woo! But God, will you take care of that grandchild for me? And knows how he'll do it. He'll take care of that grandchild. He's like, woo, God, thank you so much. Thank you so much, God. And, and, well, I'll leave that alone. Number two, he is a very present help in the time of trouble. According to Psalm 46 and 1, that's basically what it says. He is a present help in the time of trouble. I wrote this beside it. He is the best help for any problem or situation you will face. Our God is the best help for any problem or situation you will face. That's why he is, and help is a, this definition, very simple definition, he's going to make things better. When God is helping you, he's going to make things better. How do you know, Pastor? That's who he is. That is who he is. He is going to make things better when you're dealing with stress, difficulties, and problems. He is going to make things better. Third point I want to give you is this. Because we love God and call into his his purpose. That's why we cast our cares on upon him. He causes all things to work together for our good. Based on Romans 8.28. Romans 8.28 says this. All things are working together for our good because we love God and we're called according to his purpose. He Listen, they're causing things to be useful, pleasant, joyful. And let me say this to you. When you stick with Jesus, you'll be happy because you stuck with him. And let me say this to you. You'll be happy because you gave them, gave, you cast your cares upon them too. You'll be a whole lot happier than you trying to hold on to them. So he calls all things to work together for your good. Four, he provides a way of escape so that we can bear, so we can bear temptations according to 1 Corinthians 10 and 13. Basically what it says is, God will not put, put anything on you that you can't bear. He would definitely do that for you. But let me say this to you. I know some of us, sometimes we take on more than we should. We take on more than we should. Oh, God. It got quiet right there, but I'm going to to talk about that just for a moment. Some of us, God never told us to help so-and-so-and-so. But we do it out of emotions. We do it, and we know we shouldn't be doing it. Sometimes we'll give somebody money who God told us not to give money to. God told us to hold on to it, but because they came, and, and, and they are baby, and they came with that sob story. But hold on to that money. When God tell you to, tell, Junior, tell, pretty little girl. No. Well, I, I love them. I don't want to see them go through anything. They're they going to go through with the money or without the money. Because when, when God meant for them to go through it, now you're praying God save them, so you're praying God save them. Sooner or later, they're going to go through some stuff. God is answering your prayer, so you give them the $100 or you keep the $100. they still going to go through it. I know it got quiet right there. You know what I'm going to say? They man right there. But it's still truth anyway. If God tell you no, it means no. Some of us should know by now. I've given folks money that God told me not to give it to, and I think I went through more than they did. 
Hallelujah. Hold on, we're almost done. We're almost done. We're almost done. So we got to learn how. He provides a way of escape so that we can bear temptation according to 1 Corinthians 13 and 13. Again, sometimes we take on more than we should. That's why God says, cast all them cares upon me for I care for you. Remember, it's not saying that you immediately get rid of it. You got to put, you got to pray about it. You got to put faith on it. You got to put the word on it. But as soon as it starts getting in the word, as soon as it starts getting into being critical and nitpicky and you got to complain, you got to start yelling, you got to start uh, raising your voice and getting out of yourself and so forth and so on. Oh, you held on that problem too long. You have held on to that problem too long. When you start, look, you can't sleep at night. When you can't hardly eat, you've held on to that problem too long. You have held on to that problem too long. And you asking God to move. He said, no, you got to cast that care out. You got to get rid of it. You got to throw it to the side. You are, you got to get enough faith in you to believe me that I've got this. I've got this. Let me say this to you. Some of us going to have to listen to several messages like this in order to get free from worry and learn how to cast our cares. Because some of us going to have to listen to this over and over again until we get this in our spirit. As soon as word try to come, oh, got to cast this out. Soon as I, listen, because some of us, we start worrying about stuff and we get a little nasty. Nasty attitudes, start talking nasty. Yeah, we say it in Jesus' name, but we got a nasty tone with it. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know I'm in the house. Holy Spirit is dealing with some of us. He tells how much we need this word right here. Because he knows. You ain't doing stuff out of love. You ain't doing stuff out of faith. You're doing because you're mad. You're doing because you're angry. You're resentful. You got you got a you got a tone about your voice, and then you talk about it in Jesus' name. Quit lying. Quit lying. That is in your name, and cause you are holding on longer than you're supposed to. I, I'm down with this, but give me don't keep dealing with me about this. Some somebody need to hear this. You probably need to be here the next time I talk about it too. Why you running? Hey, this is I'm telling you, this is important right here. This is important. Let me give you the, last, uh, the the fifth one. He gives us power to guard our heart. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Our heart represents our choices, our mind, our determination, our understanding. Because the Lord knows, excuse me, out of the heart flow the issues of life. Based on Proverbs 4 and 23. Five benefits of casting our cares. Because one, he cares for us. He says that to us in the text. He's a very present help in the time of trouble. And because we love God and we're called according to his purpose, all things are working together for our good. He provides a way of escape so that we can bear the temptation according to 1 Corinthians 10 and 13. And 5, he gives us power to guard our heart. Because out of the heart flow the issues of life based on Proverbs 4 and 23. What's all mean? Let me summate this before I give you my closing point. Hold on, we're almost done. When you hold on to cares for too long, it does something to you spiritually, naturally and spiritually. It is not good. It ain't good. Just like, naturally speaking, worry can cause stress, body issues, can't sleep at night. Holding on to cares too long can cause your disposition to get in a, in a, in a some kind of way. And you be and you be trying to, uh, you say it's out of love, but you're Woo. Mm. It just don't sound that good. You ever heard somebody say they love you, but they say it in such a the, 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 the tone of their voice be like, I love you. Okay. <laughs> sure, whatever you say. <laughs> you know I love you. You got that. That's why I think it's so important that we grab a hold of a word like this and apply it. So in turn, 
we see ourselves come to that point or see ourselves get to that place. Oh, that's what Pastor Dahl was talking about. I got to cast this thing to God. I got to trust him with the results. I need to get the word inside of me so my faith can be built up. So I really am casting my care upon him. I need to do this because I'm getting bitter. I'm getting angry. I'm getting upset. I'm trying to figure it out on my own. Look, I ain't doing what God told me to do. And based on what I just said, I'm, in my opinion, last point, we're going to have the testimony of letting go of our cares and guiding others into letting go of their cares as well. We must make a daily commitment to Matthew 4 and 4. Based on, that's, you see it written at the bottom there. It's written that man should not live, that man should live, I should say, excuse me, by bread alone. Man should not live by bread alone. Excuse me. It's, it's written that man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We must take the written and revealed word and apply it in every area of our lives. We've got to take the written and revealed word and apply it in every area of our life. So in turn, we can enjoy life. We can be blessed, happy, and empowered. And we will not let that circumstance or situation control us, but we, through the word of God, will control the situation. And then we do that no longer holding on to cares. No longer holding on to cares. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at occvr.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.